church camp for the youth uh, is a powerful time for them because it gets them away from everything familiar, um, puts them in an environment where they can um, truly, uh, without the influence of those who are normally around school or even in the home, um, can can hear uh, from great speakers and then great times at the altars you've seen. And I know our uh, uh, youth came back um, charged up. They didn't want to leave. Um, we had a little fun on the ride back with Vincent um, because after I heard about the good spiritual part, I heard an awful lot about boy camp. Um, <clears throat> actually, that's what I was calling it because we had all girls going this time, and uh, apparently there was boys at the camp too, and we heard all about them. So we had a good time. But one of our girls found out you don't come back uh, in the same van with Pastor if you've let a boy write his phone number on your arm because uh, I will snap a picture of that number and I will call that boy. And I did, so we had a little bit of fun on the way back. Um, but I want to just challenge you that um, when we come up this next spring, we'll, we'll give you a little more heads up next year uh, about those going to camp. But I'd like to see our church really begin to pray for our youth before they go to camp and uh, pray that God would change their lives. Their speaker of that week was Brian Jarrett. A lot of you have heard me mention his name lots of times. We went to Bible school together. He's about my age. He pastors a church in Texas that is a very growing and vibrant church and uh, uh, excellent speaker. So I know that they uh, truly uh, got blessed with the, uh, with the word from Brian. Uh, also, keep praying uh, for the building project. This Tuesday, I meet with our architect. Uh, things are finally starting to move again. It seemed like we kind of hit a stall for a while there uh, and just waiting, but the initial plans are drawn up. I'm going to be looking over that with him. Uh, I did ask if we would still be on target to possibly break ground by February, March 2017. He said we would be. Um, he doesn't see any reason that we wouldn't be. Um, in October, I'll be going to uh, the MAPS convention. Uh, MAPS is a program the Assemblies of God has where uh, skilled workers who have raised their support or have their own support to come on location and provide uh, a labor um, uh, skilled labor for the building project. So I'll be going to present our project for the October um, <clears throat> convention that they have. So we just need to keep that in prayer uh, as we move closer to that, that moment. Well, this morning, um, I've struggled this week about uh, the leading of where God was taking us um, as we've come out of a few different sermon series and uh, I felt that God has lead me towards a, a different direction. But today, uh, if I w could, I'll call this a one-off sermon because uh, we won't begin a series today. But there's something that is blaringly obvious to me in this time that we live, and that's that there uh, is a battle going on. I, I've talked about so many times, you know that you are not um, unaware of it if you're on social media or or news, um, we see a physical battle going on between the United States and ISIS, and, and across this world there's so much uh, war and battle. But often it's easy in those times for us to uh, get confused about what the true battle is. I was reading some uh, articles about what's happening with our troops that are coming back. I mentioned uh, about um, the suicide rate is increasing uh, exponentially among those are coming back from years and years of battle. You think about the things that they're faced with. ISIS and these terrorist groups are training up their children. They've got 
young children with, with weapons who are fighting this fight that our soldiers are facing children sometimes as their enemy. And I can't imagine the mental toll that takes on them. Many of these, uh, these ch- children uh, that are fighting are as young as 10 years old, maybe even younger. And some of the people that are impacted most of, of all of our warriors are those who are the medics who are treating the injuries and the atrocities of war. And often we think about our own troops and that they're treating them, but, but it is established that in our uh, military that we also treat the, the enemy fighters when they're wounded. Sometimes our medics are faced with their wounded themselves, and in the heat of battle, they're, they're treating the very, the very people who are pointing weapons at them and their close com- uh, friends and, and fellow warriors. To treat an enemy for their wounds seems to defy all logic. If you go into battle with a weapon and with the intention of that you will, you will kill before you will be killed, then for someone to turn and after injuring an enemy fighter to treat them, it goes beyond all logic. It's not easily understood, and nor would it be easy to carry out. But it's my assessment that we need to be wiser about who our true enemy is. And instead of trying to eliminate the, the children being swept into the battlefields uh, and handed weapons to fight to become the healers that we are called to be. You see, it's, it's easy for us to put anyone on the side of our enemy, uh, you know, the enemies of the U.S. or as Christians or the church. We've got plenty of, of enemies that are being uh, uh, brought out through news and and it's easy for us to put ourselves on the side of looking at anything and everything that opposes the church or God as an enemy. But they are like those child soldiers. You see, Satan is the one that's pulling the strings. He's the one that's indoctrinating those into his his army to fight against uh, Christianity and the kingdom of God. But we got to keep in mind what the true battle is. The battle is not against flesh and blood but against powers and principalities. Do we defend the faith? Yes. Do we defend the word of God? Yes. But those who are wounded in battle, enemy or friendly, do we refuse to care for them? Absolutely not. Has the church worldwide been wounded? Yes. But has that opened a great opportunity for us to bring healing uh, through and display the true power of God. When you think about this for a moment, that even those, when we talk about the leftists or the, or, uh, the issues that we're facing, the gun control and all that, and it's easy for us to get fired up, and I do myself sometimes, but, but when we look at this, even in our own communities, those who are now taking a stand and say, you know, I think that there's no room for the church anymore, that those beliefs are, are old and, and that we, uh, we have progressed and that the the Christians are the haters. When we look at that and we're being placed as their enemy, what is our true mission? Is it to eliminate those who are placing themselves as our enemy or to be the healer? But many times, because we feel wounded, we're on the defensive. The title of today's sermon is The Wounded Healer. In reference to the heart of a Christian, this morning we're looking at those qualities that every Christian needs and should have. And today's no exception. In fact, it's vital 
in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ that we are the wounded healers. Overall, we're given the task of being Christ-like. So when we look at the life of Christ, we look at what Christ did uh, in his life, what he did in his ministry, what example he set, that is our litmus test for how we should respond to our enemies. This means that we need to be wounded healers like Christ who identifies with human pain and suffering becoming a channel for healing. Christ, through his brokenness and wounds, heals our pain and binds up our wounds. His power to heal is off the chain. It's greater than any of the medicines combined. His ability to speak peace into our hearts is greater than whatever peace the world can give. And his power brings joy and greatness to anything, more than anything this world can offer. Compassion and caring is at the heart of God, and therefore it needs to be the core ingredient of our own hearts. Healing is needed on many levels today. People are emotionally and physically wounded. You see, it's easy when all those, we- those, uh, those weapons are being used against us, when the world is saying that, that Christianity is, is excluding people and that we're, we're being hateful, that we're, we're not accepting It'd be easy for us to throw up our, our shield and say, hey, you're the enemy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay on this side, and unless you're willing to become one of us, I have nothing to do with you. But people are emotionally and physically wounded and are acting out of that. They've come, become pretty good at hiding it. Loneliness, despair, disappointment, discouragement, depression, Aggression, all symptoms of deep wounds that have never truly been healed. And while Jesus came to heal all of our diseases, he has called those who are his people to be those healers as well, even though we've been wounded ourselves. Now, we don't heal the people. What we do, however, is point them to Jesus, the ultimate wounded healer. The Lord reveals this about the the coming Messiah. He's wounded healer in Isaiah 53 when it says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. As the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Jesus, the ultimate wounded healer, as he walked upon the earth, he, he healed people of their hurts and diseases and healed them not only physically, but also emotionally and spiritually as well. Mark 1.34, Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. You see, until we realize what our role is as believers in the current climate of what's going on in the world, we're going to find ourselves consistently fighting a battle that is not ours. We're going to find ourselves consistently beating our heads against the wall why we cannot convince this world that they just need Jesus. Because what we put ourselves in a position of is saying that, that when you're messed up, when you're broken, when you are, you are depressed, and when you act out of that, then we are simply going to tell you how wrong you are instead of bringing the, the, the resolution, bringing the healing that Christ has asked us to bring. We are also told of the coming Messiah that he would heal those who are brokenhearted. Isaiah 61.1, the very scriptural passage Jesus used of his own ministry. Isaiah 61.1 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. 
He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to, to proclaim the liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. So why did Jesus have to become wounded in order to heal? The reason is so that he could sympathize and, and he help us through whatever we're going through. And what this means is that if we don't have to if we if we don't have to face the pain alone, then as it says Hebrews four fifteen, for we do not have a high priest who for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. It's just like when you've had someone who's gone through a surgery that you've gone through. You know, you know the pain they go through. It's that, like when I broke my tailbone and I realized how painful that is. Anybody else that talked about breaking their tailbone, I'm like, well, good grief, you still walk. It's not like you broke your arms. You can still use your, or broke your legs. You can still use your arms. I mean, how bad can that be? But when you feel that pain yourself, when you experience that pain yourself, it brings compassion to the situation that otherwise wouldn't be there. Now, Jesus, being God's son, and his, his, all his authority, all his ability, the power he had, could he have compassion independent of experiencing himself? Yes. You see, it wasn't to give him an ability. It was for us to have the ability to, to relate to Jesus. How else could Jesus have been that perfect substitute sacrifice for us without going through it himself? Jesus took on the form of a human being, one with all its physical limitations. He chose to suffer, feeling the same pain, knowing the same grief, and being hurt just like us. He was our wounded healer because he understood what it was to be hated, despised, rejected, abused, and what it meant to be an outcast even among his own people. You see, if you deal with an addiction, then when you pray to Jesus to help you with that addiction, you know that while Jesus was never addicted to whatever you're addicted to, he understands because he endured as a physical human being, he met those temptations and he defeated them. I've referenced back to something again a young man told me as I was trying to help him through his problems and I was trying to relate, even though I had never had the addiction he had, I was trying to relate to him and say, you know, I've never dealt with this, but this is something similar. And, and he said, you know what? I don't need to know. I don't need you to know where I've been. I need you to show me where you're, where I need to go. I need to be where you've been because I've never been there. It's not always a matter of experiencing the same thing, but being able to defeat it. The fact that you, some of us think, well, how do I minister to that person? I've never been through what they've been through. Well, the fact is, is that many of us have had the opportunity to be where they've been, and we conquered that. Isaiah 53, 5 says, He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. And on top of it all, he carried the sin and sorrow of the whole world as he hung upon the cross taking our place and dying the death we all deserve. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. See, Jesus was beaten, bruised, and deeply wounded so that he would be able to heal us of sin, which is the most potent hurt of them all. 
You see, it doesn't mean that Jesus had to have gone through exactly everything we went through. The fact is, he endured the worst death of all, and on top of it, he endured a death uh, as an innocent man. 1 Peter 2.24, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. And so we're, we are to come to the wounded healer to be healed of our wounds physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And it's with this same heart, a wounded healer's heart, that he has called for us to minister to all those who he has placed within our sphere of influence. That neighbor, that coworker, that relative that is hurting, maybe they're acting out, maybe they're being nasty to you, but the truth is, is that no matter how much they may wound you, your role as a follower of Christ, as an imitator of Christ, is to be that same wounded healer back to them. As I look at this, there are several aspects of having a wounded healer's heart, the first of which is a heart of compassion. In the seventh chapter of the Gospel of Luke, there is a very powerful scene. Jesus is approaching the city of Nan, and he encounters a large procession of mourners carrying the body of a mother's only son. As you can imagine this scene, the mourners coming, this mother brokenhearted, totally crushed that this is her only son, her only, her only boy who has passed. And seeing her obvious grief, it says that Jesus had compassion on her. He touched the coffin and said, Arise, and the young man sat up and began to speak. A different funeral altogether. The word compassion that was used here is very telling. And it's one that is instructive. If we truly want to be followers of Christ, and while it's the word for having pity or feeling, sympathy, it goes much deeper. This word goes much deeper than that. It comes from within the very bowels of a person when often referred to as the seat of emotions. In other words, this word in its definition and how it's used is meaning that Jesus felt it to the very core of his body. That that kind of compassion that, that dug deep down into the heart of God. Jesus felt the pain and anguish that a mother's loss, of that mother's loss, way down in his guts. And having compassion for her, he met the need. Part of the problem we have in in our busy schedules is that we get so consumed with our own troubles that when someone else has uh, a problem that we tend to be jaded to it. You know, how, how often does someone tell you that they're going through something and you rebuttal right back with what your problem is? That's a key test. That's, that's a litmus test that you've allowed your own problems to be king in your life and that you no longer are letting the compassion of Christ impact you for others like it should. Pastor CJ, I'm I'm really hurting this week. I'm I'm having all kinds of physical problems. Oh man, you should have last week. Last week, man, I just my back was hurting, my legs were hurting. Well, Pastor CJ, I'm really struggling in my marriage and Oh yeah, you know, Geneva and I've had our times and Pastor CJ, I, I'm afraid I'm about to lose my job. Oh, let me tell you about the time I lost my job at Walmart. We have to realize that Jesus didn't stop to tell this procession of mourners and this mother 
about his times of, of trouble, but he had compassion on theirs. This was the very heart of Jesus. Whenever he saw a need, it says he had compassion, like at the, the feeding of the 5,000. When Jesus landed and saw the large crowd, he had compassion on them, it says in Mark 6.34, because they were like sheep without a shepherd, so he began teaching them many things. And this was part of Paul's recommendation for believers that the first thing they were to put on is compassion. Colossians 3.12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Every day, God places people in our lives that are consumed with deep pain. Maybe a friend or neighbor has someone close to them that's passed away or an illness has struck their pain both physically and emotionally and it's very real to them at that moment what i believe god is calling for us to do is to stop being so busy with our own lives stop forming barriers of fear between us and our enemies and respond to their need with this sort of from the bowels compassion from from the bottom of our our guts to or with some uh, some would call it empathy. But how can we reach out today? How can we offer the compassion of Jesus? Well, we need to take a moment and slow down and pay attention to those who the Lord may be putting in our paths. We are called to share in their feelings and emotions if they were our own. Family members of mine told me recently about traveling and there's a, a lady working in a line who who just because of a few brief statements about, um, about marriage began to break and talk about the brokenness in her own life and because of the business that they weren't able to, to continue to, to speak to that person. But all around you, if you open your eyes, if you take a moment to see, there are broken and wounded people all around. Some of these very people will be the ones who will, will get on their social media or will, at the workplace or whatever, begin to spew things that are in direct contradiction to your way of life to your way of believing, to, to the Christian faith. But they're still wounded. They may seem like the enemy, but they're still wounded. And this leads me to the second aspect of the wounded healer's heart, a heart of a giver. And usually when we talk about the heart of a giver, we're, we, we get into about our tithes and offerings. We look at how people uh, give willingly uh, to God from their finances. But while this would be at the heart of every Christian, it's not exactly the type of giving that we're looking at this morning. When we look at the heart of a wounded healer, it's a heart that gives of itself to help others in need. I'm finding more and more as I go along that my own uh, idea of my schedule is my biggest enemy. Many times we run across somebody who is hurting and it's always our schedule that we've got to keep or our other responsibilities that we see. And, and all of a sudden, instead of the kingdom uh, schedule, we have our own schedule. As a wounded healer, Jesus gave of himself to heal those who were likewise wounded in the end. We see several times where Jesus even became weary from doing ministry and had to pull away for a moment, that he made his time about ministering to others. And again, I go back to Isaiah's suffering uh, uh, the ser suffering servant passage in Isaiah 53 5 he was wounded for our transgression he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed 
So not only did Jesus give of himself there on the cross, but he also continued to give in healing those who came to him. In Mark 1, chapter 1, verses 40 and 41, Now a leper came to him, ignoring him, uh, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing be cleansed. And while Jesus gave of himself, the Lord calls for us to do the same. We are to help the wounds of those of, of others with the same comfort and grace that God God used in our healing process. Second Corinthians 1, 3 through 4 says, um, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. You know, it, it reminds me too when we talk about the passages of forgiveness and uh, passages on forgiveness, and it says, "If you do not forgive, the heavenly Father will not forgive you." And I, I find that sometimes it's easy for us to have our list of God. Can you heal me of this? Can you mend my broken heart? Can you do this for me? Can you do that? And then someone comes along our path before we've even received our healing, and we're all of a sudden too busy. Well, that person, they need to realize, I have my own problems. And I believe many times God is wanting to bring healing to our hearts through the healing of others. It is such a giving heart that the Lord Jesus pays attention to a, uh, to, uh, and blesses uh in this end times parable, he's saying in Matthew 25, 40, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. The final aspect of the wounded healer's heart is a heart of faith. It was to Jesus, the wounded healer, that the woman with the issue of blood came, and by faith she reached out and touched him and was healed. She knew that if she only touched the hem of his garment, she'd be healed. And we know that this was a great act of faith. Jesus turned to her and said, Your faith has healed you in Matthew 9, 20 and 22. So Jesus is the great physician. And the, not only does he heal our physical ailments, but he is the one that heals our sin-sick souls. And that is why we must look at this world who, who is now opposing the church, who, who in all sense seems like they're trying to eradicate every Christian believer from this planet and say, in response to that, though, I have been wounded myself and recognize that they are, they are wounds from, from uh, being brought into uh, sin and the things that the enemy tries to do in our lives, that he is destroying them, and offer ourselves a sacrifice just as the Lord did for us as our wounded healer. Luke 5, 31 and 32 says, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I have not come to call the righteousness, but sinners to repentance. When John the Baptist was in prison, he sent two of his disciples to ask Jesus whether he was the coming one. And Jesus responded in Luke seven eighteen through 22 like this. Go and tell John the things you have seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are, are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. And Jesus said in Luke 7.23, And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. He was basically saying, Blessed are those who have faith in me. 
That's because of our faith in him as our wounded healer that when we pray for the sick, when we offer ourselves up a sacrifice, that we see these mighty works done. And it doesn't point to us. It doesn't point to our church. It points to Jesus. And this must be our faith in Jesus, our great physician, as well as we come to him so that he can treat our wounds, especially the wounded souls. Having faith, therefore, in the great physician, we are now to follow his directions. Luke 6, 46. On one occasion, Jesus said to the Pharisees, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? You see, we have to have a heart of obedience if we're going to see him interact with us as the wounded healer. That Jesus isn't coming to try to, to heal us so that we continue in our sin, but to heal us so that we will follow him and turn away from our sin. As we look to him as a great physician, we could change this up a little bit and say, why do you call me your physician if you're not going to follow my instructions? It's kind of our, our nature to just want to know what the problem is and sometimes not follow through with the solution. For years, I'd go to the VA and they prescribe me medication for something and I was almost just satisfied to know why I was hurting and I amassed a bunch of medications over the years in, in the medicine cabinet. We were living in Bella Vista, and I didn't know anything uh, about what you're supposed to do with that, and I was just going to dump it in the toilet, and, and uh, my wife was like, no, I don't think everybody wants to share in your medicine um, all across Bella Vista that shares in that water. But we, we often will, will want to find out what's wrong with us, but then we don't, wanna do, we don't want to do what it takes to be well. And I see this trait a lot of times in talking with those who are, who are on the verge of accepting Christ as, as their, their Lord and Savior. They understand they've sinned. They understand what's been causing them problems. And then you tell them what the solution is. Like, I don't know if I can sign up for all that. I don't know if I can take that medicine. But our faith in the physician is valuable only if we follow his remedy. Our faith should be uh, leading us to observe and follow God's will. And Paul saw this faith in a crippled man. When the man heard Paul's message, it says he had faith to be healed. Acts 14, 9 and 10 says, Paul, observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. You know, we can talk all we want about the condition of what our world is in and our community and what, and what the latest topic is, the hot topic about what Christianity is having to battle but if we aren't willing to offer ourselves as a sacrifice, as that wounded healer to this world, then we're simply going to find out what the problem is. We're simply hearing the diagnosis. But we aren't willing to follow the physician's instructions. And Christ, as his example, offered himself up while he was wounded, while he was being persecuted. He offered himself to the same world to the same created man who would put him on the cross, who would watch him die a horrible death, and still would choose to, to not follow him after he gave his, his life for them. Today, doctors don't often do house calls. Instead, we're to go to their offices to receive benefits of their, their treatment. And this is essential for our recovery um, to, to go to the doctor. But... To be healed, we must come to Christ. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. 
But there were some who wouldn't come. And so Jesus said, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. In John 5.40. Jesus being our great physician, he's beckoning and saying, if you'll come to me, I will not only heal you, but I will heal those around you through you. But it's our job as, as Christians to accept that role as the wounded healers. Not that we heal, but that we point them to Jesus and the great physician heals them. Sometimes the hurt can go on for a very long time, hidden in the depths and the recesses of our soul and our heart because we're hoping that somehow we can forget it or that it will just go away. And while we're tending to our wounds, we, we close our eyes to the fact that there are people all around us just like us. Sometimes they may be different in culture, Sometimes it may be different in, in religious beliefs, but they're wounded just like we are. And we can't seem to find the peace that we need, and neither can they. But God is greater than the hurt and the sorrow that we all experience. And no matter how heavy the load or how much burden, uh, burdened down we may feel, how overwhelmed we are, Jesus understands our grief. And he is able to take it and carry it along with us in, in the process. Jesus, greater than our pain, greater than our sorrow, greater than our hurt, greater than our doubts and fear, and he can carry the load, even casting it away as far as the east is from the west. Psalms 103, 12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. So we have to give it all to Jesus. And the psalmist says in Psalms 147.3, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. We have to ask ourselves, if we are feeling wounded ourselves, then can you imagine those who don't even have their hope put in the Lord Jesus Christ? You think about your worst trials right now. You're sitting here in an air-conditioned church building with other believers hearing the gospel message and yet you still carry hurts and burdens. Can you imagine that neighbor, that coworker, that Muslim, that other, the, those others who are in a much darker spot, who don't even want to choose to believe in Christ? Imagine how wounded and hurt they are. Imagine the things that they deal with not having that hope. You see, we are already, we are already healed. We, we may think about well, well, Pastor CJ, you said I'm already healed, but my back still hurts. That's true. But where you're going to spend eternity, there is no more pain. There is no more sorrow. You're already healed. If your name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, you've received your healing. It may come here or it may come later. Either way, your healing is already sealed. But there is a lost and dying world that their hurts, their pains, their sorrows, they don't have hope for that kind of future. The only hope they have is that maybe one believer will follow in Christ's footsteps and will offer themselves up as a wounded healer. That even in the midst of them spewing their hate and their discontent with your beliefs, that they see you walk the humble path of Christ, meek and mild, bringing them the gospel truth, willing to pray for their ailments, willing to pray for their brokenness, willing to, to be there no matter what they've spewed at you. The wounded healer is what they're looking for. Let's bow our heads. Jesus, I just pray this morning that as we 
reflect on, on our own spirits, God, our own hearts. That, Lord, if we have been putting up a wall, Lord, either based on fear or, or just that anger, whatever it is that's caused us to put up a wall between those that are hurting and ourselves. Lord, I pray that you give us the spiritual eyes to be able to see past, Lord, the, what the, the results of their hurting, the acting out, the, the hate they're spewing, the, the things that, are, that may seem terrible to us as we see it on the face, as the face value of it, Lord. But beyond that, very deep, Lord, the emptiness that's caused from separation from you, Lord, let us see the true wounds. Let us see what the true battle is, what our true mission in this battle is, to be the wounded healer. Lord, even as the bullets are flying, even as, as the, there are those that are, that are aiming right towards us, God, that we can see the wounded, enemy or friendly and offer ourselves, offer ourselves as that wounded healer. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If you're here this morning and you just, you realize that your heart, you've allowed your heart to become either too consumed with your own struggles that you, you can't see clearly to see anybody else in their pain around you. Or you've thrown up a barrier because you're, you're going in defense mode. It seems like the world is against you for your faith, for your stance in life, whatever it is. And you realize that as you desire to follow Christ, that you must come to the realization that we have to be willing to be wounded for his sake. And it doesn't change our mission. It only makes it more clear that we are to bandage up the wounded, both in spirit, physically, mentally, Lord. Help us. If you're here this morning and you need to, to uh, take a moment and just ask him to help you, to change your heart, to bring that compassion that he had, all the way down deep in your soul for those who are wounded. Let's just take a moment. God's word continue to guide us and lead us. Uh, love y'all. If you can be here Wednesday night, 6.30, we'll have another great time of uh, the word and worship. Um, otherwise, have a great Sunday, and I'll, I'll see you then.